What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Shifty Q podcast with Alan K. I know, I know, that singing was fucking amazing. You guys are welcome for that. <laughs> Today's topic is the three ways that social media programs you. And before I get into this topic, uh, I really wanted to cover a couple of things before we start getting into regular podcast modes, um, so to speak. But the first thing, first thing being, wow, I'm having. It's my first podcast back, guys. Just give me a break, you know? <laughs> but first, I want to talk about why I came back to podcasting. So as of late, I've been having a lot of interesting conversations about people's why, people's purposes, their vision, and their ambitions. And for me, since the time I started the channel, since I started my company, Although those are the principles that I created this company for and my brand for, I can't help to notice and document the fact that those principles in and of itself have changed from even a year ago from when I started my company. If there's one thing that is consistent with my life and consistent with everyone else's for that matter, is <laughs> the consistency is change. And that change happens with experience, change happens with information that gets presented to you and the ignorance that kind of unveils in lieu of learning more, not only about like situations, but also about yourself. And I'm reopening this podcast to not only kind of dive into those things, but I've also noticed there has been less and less spaces for people to actually be themselves without judgment that you know, while everyone tells you to be happy, to be positive and blah, 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 blah. The reality of the human experience is far from that. I mean, there are moments of being happy. There are moments of being joyous. But in my opinion, there's a lot more in the intermittent. And that needs to kind of be normalized, not popularized, normalized. And I'll start talking about that here in a little bit. Another big thing for me for why I went back into podcasting is the amount of connections that I've made in lieu of sharing my experiences of being divorced, of being in the Navy, playing poker, going broke, having my heart broken, having, you know, experiences of being a single father and trying to raise daughters in the right manner without being too aggressive. All these experiences that I'm very comfortable sharing. I've noticed the more I've shared these experiences, the more other people have reached out to me People from all walks of life, even through different genders, different races, it doesn't matter. And in the time of sharing my experience, either through Instagram, either through podcasting, or whatever that median may, may or may not be, I've noticed that there is more commonalities amongst people via experiences and our emotions than there are than they're that of any association with race or gender or religion. It doesn't even matter which God you pray to, but I'll guarantee that there's more commonalities amongst men that are going through divorces that are going through disconnecting from their children or feeling disconnected from their children 
or not feeling like their spouse is responding in a manner that they would like or their friends. There's more commonalities amongst people going through the same things than there are of any other label that you want to associate with. And by connecting with other people and by sharing my experiences, I've grown so much more as a person. So whether I met you through the Navy, through poker, through the dispensary, through Tinder, whatever it may or may not be, um, I'm very grateful for all of you who have decided to tune into this channel, stay into this channel, and keep on sharing these experiences and sharing these wild opinions that are allowed to be shared on things called podcasts. Thank you, America. And the last thing of why I came back to podcasting. One of the biggest, most impactful moments I had growing up and that shaped a lot of how I conducted myself as a man was in lieu of a, of a couple of recordings that I heard that my grandfather had made about his experiences growing up. Those experiences included migrating over from Italy, joining the U.S. Army, getting shot, getting a Purple Heart, raising a family, being a provider, all in, the, all in lieu of core values of respect, honor, courage, responsibility. Those values coupled along with what I learned from my dad and seeing how they conduct themselves and the presence that they had amongst other people as well as the influence they had in our families. I can't help but to create something very similar of the same nature for not only my kids, but also my kids' kids and their kids' kids. I think in a generation where we've been raised as men to be stoic, not express any emotions and be of courage, of honor, of respect. Uh, it's kind of challenging. And as times are changing and expression is becoming a little bit more paramount when it comes to our emotions, I want to be able to leave something for the generation of Catherman's that experience the same things that we experience now, such as heartbreak, such as feeling insignificant, feeling insecure. I want there to be space for my future generations to understand a those things happen and it's okay to happen, but it's not okay to stay victim to that shit and to not go after what you want because of the victimization you put yourself through with the popularity of mental health being spoken of being paramount. I've noticed more and more of people defaulting to a rhetoric or a narrative and a label and not pulling themselves out of it all because they're justified in staying in whatever label they want to associate themselves with. And for me, I've noticed a lot of people just gravitate towards that association. Like, Oh, Hey, all these other people are going through this shit. And so am I. And Subconsciously, they're holding themselves back from actually being a version of what they want to be, all because in lieu of being told that they should be this. All I want for my legacy, all I want for my future generations is to know that you're not a rhetoric, you're not a narrative. You are who you are and you go through what you go through, but it's up to you to define what that really means for you and make the best version of yourself in lieu of it. Be honest with yourself, be your authentic self without any 
any fucking regrets, not even a letter. So with all that being said, guys, let's go into this topic of the three ways that social media, that social media, man, I'm, sh I'm sh first posh back, back and I'm having sh trouble enunciating words, I swear. <laughs> English is definitely a second language for me, okay? And it's now the only language for me as well. So bear with me, bear with me. I promise you won't be that clawful. It won't be that unbearable. And we'll pause if we have to. <laughs> okay. So what is human programming slash behavioral conditioning? So this is anywhere between a behavior or a mindset that you default to in lieu of circumstance. So an example of this is every single time you see a green light, you know to go. Every time you see a red light, you stop. Every single time someone says something about eating, you have like a favorite restaurant no matter what. Every single time you get put on a new plan, let's say a new diet plan, you always think about ways of failing or things about why you can't do it or why you can't work out, whether it's timing or anything. Whatever it may or may not be, it's all a programming. And to understand that you are behaving, thinking, and responding to circumstance based off of a pre-launched thought in your head that's put into your subconscious, that's how we start knowing what we're doing. For me, I play poker. What I observe when it comes to human programming, behavioral conditioning, is as a poker player, you can't just be aware of your cards and play the board. You have to be aware of who's in the pot, how many people are playing. And for me, what I notice when it comes to being aware of my my circumstances, being aware of my surroundings. I start noticing when it comes to people, like what hands do they play? How do they bet when they have something strong? How are they talking? Are they shutting the fuck up? Are they not shuffling chips anymore? Is their bet sizing compared to the pot? Is there something? And I know not a lot of people think in that level, but it's crazy when you start breaking down a game of human psyche into literally actions and behaviors. You start noticing that people just have their own tendencies and the only way they get out of them is by being made aware of it. And this is why I'm coming back to this human programming. When it comes to social media and it comes to programming us as a general whole, the average person on media spends seven and a half hours a day. And when it comes to social media, they spend two and a half of those seven and a half hours on social media alone. And when you start considering that over 65% of all, pe all people between the ages of 25 and 44 claiming that social media is negative for their mental health, you'll start realizing that we have a trend that is just consistently perpetuating this mental health problem that I view as becoming an epidemic amongst our population. Now, there is a genuine difference between being ne or being negative for the sake of normalizing it or being negative for the sake of popularizing it. When it comes to having us respond and having us be made aware of what our emotions are, I've seen two kinds of responses. One, A, A, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is actually what I'm aware of. These are the th these symptoms that I'm going through and now let's dive into them. That's the healthy way to approach it. The other unhealthy approach that I'm starting to see with social media is, hey, there's this condition. All There's also all these other conditions that go along with this condition because of this one label I've determined myself to be. Now let me start finding ways for those other traits to exist in my life. And I'm going to start 
making myself go down a wormhole of traits, tendencies, behaviors based off of one secondhand response that we had in lieu of, of our circumstance. For example, this is also why I dislike horoscopes. You know, for me as a Pisces, I just know what the hell I am because of everybody that's told me what I am. I, one of the, the characteristics of being a Pisces is being sensitive. So what I'll usually do is get in conversations. You'll get that one girl like, oh, you're spy. Oh, you're sensitive. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. And I bet there are moments for which you are sensitive as well. But because we try to find a higher association with the label and we become obsessed with being included to a higher label than just ourselves. What people do in lieu of being told that they're a Pisces and because they're sensitive, like, oh my God, I am sensitive. Oh my God, I am a Pisces. Let me find other characteristics of Pisces and then start applying them to my everyday life. And now I am a Pisces. You're not a human being, you're a Pisces. And what a lot of people do with horoscopes is instead of looking into the human being of who they are, they try to figure out what they are and then associate who they are with what they are and give them zero reason to actually be who they are. But if you look at every single trait of a of a horoscope, some people are bold. Some people are courageous. Some people are, do you want me to some? I mean all. Everyone possesses those traits based on circumstance, but because we want to find an answer to why we behave in a certain way instead of just accepting it for what it is, we then start associating it with those things. Now, another thing with social media that really, really, God damn, I keep saying really, really, but really, really, I promise you I'll get more educated here the more we speak about these things. But really, 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 what they do a lot of with regards to social media is they post negative triggering emotions. What I mean by this is instead of posting things that say, hey, here are ways to be healthy. The article will say there are, there are three ways to avoid being fat or well, let's say, hey, here are ways to improve your looks. That will be reframed into saying how to not look like a loser. Why do we do this? As human beings, we gravitate towards things that stir our negative emotions or things that would incur a problem because we have to solve problems. That's just who we are to the point where we even create problems in lieu of trying to solve it. Now, when it comes to our emotional spectrum, we experience everything from a positive emotion and from a negative emotion. And what studies have shown more often than not is that by stirring a negative emotion, we respond more. An example of this as well is not only with regards to the labels, but when it comes to potentially losing $10 or gaining $10, studies have shown that the fear of losing $10 provokes more action than it does of gaining what $10 can do for you. In other words, we respond more to negative emotions than we do positive. And social media takes advantage of this by posting posts that are of negative connotation, negative auras, negative energies. The only way that we can actually start reframing that for ourselves is just to be aware of it. You know, when you look at titles of things that say three ways to avoid being fat, you have to register and understand that A, that's being there to trigger someone's intention but when it does gather your attention, how to avoid actually responding emotionally to it. And the only way to do that is by being made aware. So the way that we also reframe that is by getting out of like political posts or getting out of posts that are there to trigger you. When all they do is post things that tell you to be insecure or to not be this. You have to figure out where those posts are coming from 
and start unfollowing, blocking, or muting, unless you enjoy them, then that's fine, by all means. That brings me to my negative, my negative, that brings me to my next point, which is how social media controls your reticular activation system. Now, if you guys don't know what your reticular activation system is, it programs your conscious based off of your subconscious being programmed. And an example of this is let's say you are purchasing a brand new white Tesla. Before you purchase a white Tesla though, more often than not, you end up looking up like different trim options, the battery life. You'll look up the Instagram posts and then also my favorite, the Rosetta Stone Tesla version of it because everybody knows when you start driving a Tesla, you start wearing Tesla clothes, you start speaking Tesla, you start drinking tea with your pinkies up. You know, there's a whole Tesla lifestyle that kind of goes along with being Tesla. Now, in lieu of doing all your research and all your studies of finding Teslas or white Teslas specifically, when you step outside your front door, do you start noticing that all of a sudden there's a billion, a trillion, a trillion, a killion start making up numbers, but amount of white Teslas that are on the road. Now, is it that there's been more white Teslas made in the time that you decided to start researching this and the time you stepped out your front door, or is it possible that you have now programmed your subconscious with a bunch of white Tesla data to now it programs your conscious to just look for it more and more and more. The same thing happens when we start filtering our social media posts. When we start seeing things that say, oh, you know, ways to avoid being fat, look for these red flags. If she does this, she belongs to the streets. These kind of posts, when you start filtering and when you start absorbing the content that comes with these posts, you are programming your subconscious to look for these things on a regular basis. So instead of ways to be healthy, you're looking at ways to not be fat. You are looking for these red flags to avoid. You are looking for all these reasons why this person isn't healthy. And because we're built off a of confirmation bias, because we don't enjoy being wrong, when we start filtering all of our media, all of our data to look for those kind of things, that is what our reality is going to be. It's going to be predicated off of looking for those negative things. Now, for me, it's not that it's, it's right or wrong. It's just it is what it is. But for me, who likes to live an abundant lifestyle, who likes looking for the positive in everything and like finding ways to inspire me to be a better version of myself, I prefer to avoid things that program my reticular activation system to look for things that I don't want. You know, like one of the, the, I remember one of the accounts that I used to follow used to bash all women, like fuck all these women, blah, blah, they don't know what they want. They're all hoes, blah, blah, blah. And mind you, the guy had very good points. But the reality is that's not what I actually view of women. I love women. I love all of them. I think they're fucking amazing. A lot of them are crazy, but actually that's the reason why I love them. So why would I want to consume content that shits on them? Why would I, as a straight man, want to find reasons to avoid beautiful women? That doesn't make any sense. But you can find, if you really want to look for those things, and I get it, if you get hurt by someone you want to justify your emotions and you're completely right and justified to do so. But unless you want to really stay into those mindsets, you got to be cognizant of the content that you're consuming and the rhetorics and narratives that you're being fed. Because unless you actually want to hate women and actually want to be single for the rest of your life or not go on any dates or 
hook up with any of them, then it behooves of you to really control what you're watching and make sure it doesn't influence you. But the reality is, even by scrolling through something like that, you still program your subconscious subconsciously. And the last thing I want to start talking about is the the brand new popularized life advice that everybody seems to be going on to. Um, and what I've been noticing with the trend is this, and uh, I'm going to provide an example for this right now. So Kings, she might have broken her heart. She might have taken the dog with her too. But nothing, nothing can ever compare, guys, to knowing your worth. And the only way to know your worth is by eating a bear claw donuts. <laughs> I'm not saying the life advice that you may be consuming on social media is telling you to default to bear claws. But what I am trying to make you aware of is the sounds that kind of come along with a lot of these things I'm seeing on TikTok. That sound and very, very, very specifically. And what I hear is when that sound plays, I mean, ask yourself, did you start feeling your emotions start kind of dropping? Did you start feeling your guard dropping? You start feeling, you get yourself into an emotional state that kind of makes you vulnerable to hear the message that that's going to be laced in that sound. And what a lot of people don't know is that just because that sound makes you feel a certain way that the content and the words that are being said are just fucking complete bullshit. I, I don't have anything against bear claws. They're fucking absolutely delicious. But if you think that's going to actually help me get over a heartbreak or get over that girl that just fucking dumped me, that's fucking bullshit. But because we have trends in our society because we have trends in social media. We have trends of that sound and that sound is, is known to be trusted with regards to expressing some kind of vulnerability. We now default to thinking everything that that sound conveys is just truth. And it's just Bible. You have to get yourself out of these things. And I'm not saying that a lot of those advices are true. What I'm saying is you just have to be objective I can't tell you how many times I've seen something where like a 17 year old kid had this life advice about how to get through a divorce or get through a fucking relationship. Like, bro, you just held a hand for the first time. Who are you to tell me about a fucking divorce? All because you have this great sound and you got a million followers. Fuck no, guys. You have to realize what the fuck are you listening to and why so much life advice, so much this, so much that. And because we just try to believe what we want to believe. Like, oh, this sound is great. We got to be like, whatever. It has to be right. No, 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 no. I can't tell you also with that being said, how many, how much fitness advice I heard in lieu of that sound. And <laughs> for me, who recently just got out of doing two competitions, no less than about a few months ago, I can't tell you how many people, because they heard that sound, because they heard something about carbs or protein or deficiencies or calorie deficits, try to tell me what I was doing was wrong when they never had competed before. But like, bro, but this Instagram video said this and this is what you're doing. Like, bro, have you ever competed? Well, no, but like, exactly. Stop. How about the person that made that advice? Like, no, that person, exactly. So how the fuck do you know? Well, it had that sound, you know, that sound like stop. Stop finding ways 
to justify what you know was wrong. All because you heard a sound, all because you heard something. If you in the inside know that there's something fucking wrong with that or it's not making sense to you, maybe ask yourself why that's not making sense instead of projecting it onto everybody else first. Very tough to do, I know. <laughs> I'm not very far removed and I still have my bouts with that. But with that being said, I can admit that a lot of the things that I used to do in the past were exactly what I just told you. Heard something that I really liked, came with a very, very interesting sound that dropped my vulnerability, and then I just took it as Bible. Again, you have to be aware and look at things objectively. Okay. Last but not least, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from F. Scott Fitzgerald, who wrote The Great Gatsby. And if you guys know anything about The Great Gatsby, is about a story about how a man, Jay Gatsby, Leonardo DiCaprio, if you've seen the movie, how he comes to rise out of nowhere. And he's this successful entrepreneur, has all these stories, extravagant belongings and parties. And at the end, you figure out that he did this all in lieu of pursuit of one woman who made him feel a certain way about five to six years prior. Now, the quote I'm gonna say in lieu of that kind of describes the whole premise of the movie which is no amount of fire or freshness can challenge what a man will store up in his ghostly heart. And the, and the situation I described to you is at the end of the movie, you end up finding out that he did all of this, create himself into this juggernaut of a business person, or at least on the outside looking in, all for the pursuit of one woman who made him feel a certain way. So that trigger of an emotion is what stirred him to try to make himself into something all to just fall apart at the end because she eventually ended up just picking up or picking her husband instead of him. Why am I mentioning this? Social media has a way of making you feel triggered, whether it's making you feel fat, making you feel ugly, making you feel broke, making you feel insecure. It's all there to make you buy something because when we buy things out of emotions, we feel good about our purchase regardless of what it may or may not be. I'm gonna ask you to reframe that just for a little bit. So before you decide to make those purchases that's gonna make you feel not fat, make you feel not insecure, making you feel ripped or whatever the emotion you're trying to mask is with the purchase, I want you to dive into where those triggers came from. What a lot of people do with triggers, they just avoid them altogether. Like, this gets me mad. Instead of asking what it is that gets you mad, they just decide to be mad and skip a lot of steps that would help get you over that situation. But you have to get to that point. You have to get to that point. What is this about this trigger that's making me feel a certain way? And what I have found out for me is that triggers are just a gateway for you to realize things that you need to work on. Because if you didn't need to work on them, if those things were solidified in your life, then why would something of external validation completely ruin your perception of that aspect of your life? For example, one of the things that used to trigger me all the time is being called fat. One of my best friends of all time, uh, his name is Jason Bacchus. He, he was stationed in Japan for about three years. And when he came back, the first thing he ever told me was, God damn, Alan, you're fat as fucking shit. And I'll tell you, man, that fucking hurt. The reality is, I was fat as shit. I was not 
being responsible with how I ate and I wasn't holding myself accountable with regards to my drinking habits or the gym. And he was right. But that shit fucking hurt and I definitely held it against him. But it wasn't until I finally got to a point where I felt comfortable with my body again that I was like really grateful for the things that he told me. Because now if you're to tell me that I'm fat, I went on stage twice. Yeah, sure, I didn't win. Sure, I don't have my pro card yet. But considering that, what, 70% of people are either obese or overweight and there's only so many people that actually feel confident within themselves to step up on stage, eh, there isn't too much that people can tell me about this point, right? Unless you are competing and you've won and then telling me how to win, like completely different story. But when a regular person calls me fat anymore, it doesn't resonate because it's just not a part of my identity. The same thing happens when someone tells you that you're broke. If you're a Jeff Bezos, obviously that didn't matter. But if you don't have your finances right and you're in a lot of debt, that comment might hurt. I remember one of my exes broke up with me because she told me I wasn't confident enough. I was insecure. That shit fucking hurt. But the reality is I started looking into why I was insecure, why I was looking for external validation. And now I'm a phenomenal, better version of myself because of it. I'm not saying the insecurities don't exist still. I'm, I'm not saying that I still don't get triggered. But what I'm saying is now the difference is instead of running away from those triggers, because I've found a way to tackle them, to own them, and understand that they're just a response for something that I need to work on for myself, it's empowered me to actually look for triggers, to find ways to get offended. I know that sounds fucking nuts. But the more I take on my fears, the more I take on things that make me feel insecure or insignificant, the more significant and insecure I feel because confidence isn't a matter of being perfect at everything, but it's a matter of being perfectly comfortable with being just present in everything that we're doing, being present with the emotions that we're going through and not avoiding them, especially the negative emotions. Because the negative emotions, like we said earlier, are going to act and provoke action. And as long as you take that energy into the right direction, you will become the best version of yourself. So thank you guys all for tuning into this episode. I know it's been a very long time and I'm kind of going over the time. I wanted to make these episodes into about 20, 25 minutes each. Um, but I, at least for this episode, I wanted to get everybody back on, talk about a lot of other things. Um, the next episode is going to actually start going into what I call the Own Your Chaos series. The Own Your Chaos series is a transformative series for which I go over everything I had to break through, not only with regards to diets and the workouts, but the mental and the emotional transformation that I had to get through to go from 170-ish plus pounds, 20 plus percent body fat to completing a half marathon, a marathon and two natural physique competitions all within a year's time. I'm getting down to as low as 135 pounds, like six or 7% body fat. It was ridiculous. You'll realize, you know, at least for the series, at least you'll hear and you'll see. Yeah, I guess see that it was never about the diet. It was never about the, the exercises, but rather the internal battles that we go through that ultimately hold us back from ever going after what we want. So tune in for that guys next week. If you guys like this, like, follow, subscribe. Also tune in on Instagram at shiftyq.podcast. But until then, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys for reconnecting back. It means the world to me. And um, I can't wait to share with you guys all the future endeavors of what ShiftyQ is going to get into. But until then, guys, I hope you guys enjoy your week. I love you all. And until then, deuce.